are listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Audrey. Oh, yeah. Amazed to be here. This is not pot green, by the way. This is snot green and all sorts of other funky colors. Brown, little blood. It's been bad. I'm telling you. All right. Gnarly. Hey, the, ever, I might, the, ever, I, the ever courageous and dedicated pot green showing up with pneumonia, folks. How about that? The show must if, go on, right? If, uh, if, uh, if I apologize now for all the sound problems because my voice is mostly coming. It, it's not coming out of the throat it's actually coming out of my right ear and my left eyeball <laughs> so that's uh I, I i apologize for the sound problems uh right now so and that if it sounds if, horrible if, and if like all of a sudden you're like where did pot go it's you're, i'm you're muted so you don't have to listen to you know what's going on mm-hmm. over here because all that's going on over here is stuff you don't want to hear yeah, so. we heard it just a couple uh, minutes ago when we were prepping for the show, me and Cogs did, and I was like, geez, it sounded like he just hacked up a cat, and the cat had pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you can't make me laugh, okay? It's not, there's no funny it today. A, we we <laughs> hope it's almost scary. We hope you don't get the listeners sick, Pot. <laughs> there's no funny today, guys. You got to knock that right. stuff off right now. Hey, I got a question, though, to people. Like, I've been, <laughs> this has been eight days now, and I'm um, finally. <coughs> <laughs> finally like kind of it a couple days into uh antibiotics now mm-hmm. this is to the listeners and to you guys too whenever mm-hmm. first of all i haven't been this sick since i was i don't know 12 13 probably mm-hmm. when when you guys are this sick with a respiratory problem do you still smoke weed why i didn't i haven't smoked weed in like eight days now seems pretty uh counterintuitive doesn't it to smoke it, I think to in it to 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 introduce smoke into a congested chest doesn't doesn't seem very wise move. Yeah, I I have no desire to smoke. I, I had this really nice bud of uh uh I think it's called the black one we haven't even done on the show yet, which is I believe a cross of granddaddy granddaddy purple and purple urkel. So and some people call it granddaddy urkel, I guess. And it sat there. For days and finally I put it away and and there it is in a jar right there but it's so beautiful but I mean I, I, uh-uh. no way dude yeah. I could it's fun to look at so far huh <laughs> yeah I ain't smoking none of that I mean I'm not you know I still still love still love me some some weed but no 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 my, I, I, my yeah. guess would be Matt you would smoke while you, if you were this sick you'd still smoke a little you know you would be surprised man I've been as sick as you were and I know what you mean I I, I had no desire to smoke for for mm. probably like a week I went without smoking once just because I was sick I mean it was what? I had no what? no <laughs> desire to smoke yeah you're like whatever that never happened <laughs> No, 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 no. I just, I was the, the once part, the once. <laughs> once. I went like a, a week once. <laughs> hey, I have a question for you guys. What that, What about, I know we know that smoking is kind of an idiotic, you know, choice whenever you have a bad congestion problem, but what about this vapor? Is that even any less intrusive? Sure. And, and what about edibles? Could that possibly have any 
benefit or beneficial? Well, you know, I've been nauseous, so and not able to wasn't able to hold food down until a couple of days ago. Mm. So I don't know about edibles. I think it'd probably just make me hurl. But the vapor oh. the vapor question is a you know that's a that's an interesting one. Um, I don't have a vaporizer actually. Uh, well, maybe I do. I used to. I used to have a volcano, but um, and you used to have one too, Matt. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if anyone out. I mean, you know, we got a lot of pa- a lot of medical patients out there listening to the show. If you guys are listening, let us know. Um, I think your um, your your oil vaporizer would probably probably do your your lungs a lot better than you know smoke. That oil? Yeah, I looked at it. I was thinking about that last night. I was like, I wonder if that would be any better than smoking. I still just don't feel it, dude. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, because we know that's not that's not heated up to a flame heat. It's not heated all the way up to the fire temperature. Obviously, it's, it's cooler than that. But I just can't imagine. I mean, I'm having trouble breathing in air. You know? Why? So, so like, just uh, breathe anything with any other particles in it just sounds. Rah. But you might be. That's a good yeah. good question, Jamie. It's a good one to good one to follow up we'll on. Look into you. Yeah, for sure. We'll do that. And uh, you know, lo and behold, we are here. The show goes on. And welcome everybody back to the Cannabis Agenda. This is our forty ninth episode, if I'm correct. Eight 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 forty eight. There it is. I think so. Forty eight. Forty eight. Yeah, 48. Ah, 48th episode. Very good. Um, I think for next week, we we have a professor of criminal justice on to give us his authoritative viewpoint on uh, why don't cops stand up? Why don't they speak out? So that'll be an interesting thing for episode 49. Nice. So mm-hmm. good score. Yeah, welcome, everybody. Uh, a lot of you guys have been here before, been around the block, heard Canvas Agenda several <laughs> times. Uh, we've been doing this for about a year now, and uh, we have, uh, it's organic. That's our motto. Hey, it's organic. It's changed a lot okay. since the beginning. Uh, we've tweaked it a lot throughout the process. Um, and uh, we're still tweaking it some, too. Um, what we do here is uh, we do a bit of news deconstruction and Amy, and uh, not Amy, <laughs> Jamie's term, what's it, activistainment? Ha-ha. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, uh, try to uh, do our best to uh, entertain and uh, educate people that are interested in all things cannabis. Um, yeah. And, uh, oh, geez. Check the, did that, that did someone just pop that up there now? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, for real, you, you bought activistainment.com? Yeah, we we we're the proud owners of activistainment.com. Sweet. Um, we'll figure out something to do with it. Uh-huh. Other than lose money on buying it. <laughs> it was yeah. 8 bucks. Come on. <laughs> we got a possibilities um, are endless. Yep, uh, we got a, a serious gambling problem going on here um, with with uh, <laughs> purchasing of of domain names. Um, no, no, we could no. use some help. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what's uh, what's 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 this? Uh, what are we what are we about? Sh- the schedule? Oh, just because it's like Wednesday and we're recording the yeah. show. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a couple things uh, factors playing into this. You know, I mean, I, obviously, Pot's got some serious problems health wise going on with his. You know, pneumonia is a pretty serious thing. Pot's got snot. Yeah, Pot's got snot. Illinois is completely blizzarded over. We had a massive mother of all snowstorms flying here. To my delight, I felt like an eight year old kid praying for a snow day. Did <laughs> you get one? It. I, is- you did get one, it, huh? man. I was so happy. I still acted like an eight-year-old whenever it happened. And I was like, "Yay!" <laughs> but uh, you know, it's silly because you know when you realize it, you know, your university, you're paying a lot of money. You're not just paying; you're paying a lot <laughs> of money, and you're paying a lot of effort to get through these things and keep your high GPA up. And you, you know, it's kind of counter. I don't know, productive to go. Yeah, I don't want to go to class, but hey, every once in a while, it's good to have a legitimate excuse. <laughs> and when the whole place is shut down, that's about as legitimate as it gets. Then I can tell them, hey, I was going to come, but you guys weren't there. So, yeah, I'm sitting here uh, making do. It's awesome. Nice. So there's a lot, tons of snow, huh? What, how, many, how much what did you guys get? Do you know? Lots of snow. Um, well, it varied throughout the state. Down south, I think they got maybe 8 or 10 inches, um, about 12, 14, maybe, possibly. Um, drifting is, you know, is a lot of wind, so that varies in different areas. And it's cold, right? Like, this has been a really cold storm, right? Very. It's one of those blowing sideways, just, whoa. It just makes you th- so thrilled to death if you have shelter and, like, heat. In a, yeah, my buddy in, nice- in Jackson Hole said that it was negative 50 in the wind chill the, the, the night oh. before last. Yeah, well, he's doing a little bit worse than we are, maybe. <laughs> it's not that oh. bad, but yeah, but yeah, it's enough to shut stuff down, so it's cool. Yeah, well, we're not shutting down the agenda. We're doing it today. What do we got on the agenda today? Oh, we have a little bit of a, a different show. Uh, can we call this uh, 2.0, version 2.0 of our inner show adjustments? Trying sure. Trying to make this a little bit more uh, accessible to our listeners. Um, kind of slim it down a little bit, but keep the quality. Um, today, we're leading off with our national spotlight, uh, President Obama asking some questions about the drug war. That should be an interesting segment. We're going over to California, where Mark Lino has introduced another bill, this time uh, hoping to protect workers um, uh, from that are medical marijuana patients um they're marketing cannabis to seniors um they're all, they're marketing the information that's very important um another one of those unfortunate stories today um about the no-knock raids i don't need to explain anymore how that one's going to go um international on the international uh insanity radar a couple good stories that uh, should be interesting we'll say that for a little bit later in the show we're going to ask you the question today you know we do this cannabis etiquette thing it's really popular with people um we're going to interchange this cannabis etiquette and cannabis trivia you know now and now and then we'll switch it up today we're going to do some cannabis trivia asking the question what in the world is a tie stick um do you know what that is i don't know we'll uh we'll take we'll take a look at that um pot in the pacific midwest has a, a an interesting story where hopefully they're very seriously asking the question should state liquor stores sell cannabis um they're uh proposing some legislation that that might be the case if it were to be passed over in michigan um more problems with uh, cannabis cultivation there and uh, medical marijuana freedom. Um, topics barely worth our time today. You know, it's a potentially serious issue, but it's barely worth our time because it's unconstitutional and we're certainly hoping it won't go anywhere. They're trying to drug test anybody on welfare. So um, we'll talk more about that. Um, down there in Kentucky, evidently they got the wrong memo. Um, and uh, we'll explain what we mean by that as well. Um, in the Southwest, uh, out there in Las Vegas, 
uh, Americans for Safe Access uh, medical marijuana supporters um, say they want regulation, not federal intervention. And we have a clip to play for you about that. We're going to feature a gentleman um, dubbed by CelebStoner.com, not us, but we do, I, I know I do agree with this, as the douchebag of the week. Um, Iowa State Representative Clell Balder and his ridiculous antics. Um, a little call to action from the the folks at Americans for Safe Ac- Access uh, in our activism spotlight. And I don't believe we have a clip for the end of the show, but in a positive light, we have another grow tip for you. So we'll look uh, look into what makes uh, what's it mean when your stems turn purple, and maybe some insight into what causes that. And uh, with that, I think it's going to be a pretty decent show. All right. Well, that sounds like a full show. Uh, speaking of full shows, we actually are um, experimenting right now with trying to cut the length down of the show a bit. We've had some marathons, serious marathons. Uh-huh. Uh, we know our uh, a lot of you actually listen beginning to end. Um, we're trying to, you know, I don't know. We're trying to what cut it down more to closer to like an hour and a half-ish. Is that the Sort of the goal here we're trying to work on, guys. So. Easy, more easily manageable size, you know, easy to digest. It's, it's not for us. It's um, we think that it may actually help keep some people that aren't as devoted to this as you guys are that have been listening for so long, um, and uh, and actually you know help grow the show and help grow the movement. So that's uh, the idea um, of cutting it down a bit. So uh, please help us. Uh, Help us do that. Um, you, as as you as those of you that have been here before know, you can follow along at uh, cannabisagenda.com. Um, contact us anytime with questions, uh, comments, um, criticism, uh, okay. any scoops, stories in your area that we aren't finding, or stories that you find that you love. Um, send them to info at cannabisagenda.com. You can also call us anytime at 707-654-CAN which is C-A-N-N, or the number is 2266. Uh, you will be leaving a voicemail. There is, we, our, our operate, we had to fire our operator, so, or our, our <laughs> secretary or whatever um, she or her or him that never existed was. So, uh, And you can also uh, subscribe on iTunes. That's where you can, you can find us on mm-hmm. iTunes, and you can subscribe on there, and then the show's automatically downloaded to your player when it's available. Uh, leave reviews on there. That would be great. That would help us a lot. And yeah, Please follow us on, uh, t- if you're on Twitter or Facebook, uh, follow us on there as well, especially on Facebook. Um, if you're on there, we would really appreciate it if you'd uh, like us and um, if you'd suggest us to your friends too. So um, yeah, thanks. What's this stuff? Um, I got up this morning and I was checking out our Cannabis Agenda site. I always like to see your smiling faces on the like Facebook little thing over there and check out what's going on with the, the website. And while I was there, I noticed that you know on the right side, we have a, a big section that has Google ads that keep, you know, rotating around and there, I think there's like I mean it's like uh, four or five inches long it's a pretty good sized little you know piece and I looked at it today and it had this this whole big banner like vertical banner ad that was taking up that whole space and it was colorful and I thought wow that's what's this it drew my eyes to it and it turned out it was it was from the foundation for a drug-free world so I just want to make quick mention of this. If any of our listeners, any of the fans of the program happen to be looking at the website and notice this themselves, I have to tell you, we, number one, did not solicit this or invite them in any way to be on our website. And furthermore, we do not share their beliefs at all. They run about exactly polar opposite to a lot of the things we're trying to do on this program, which is bring honesty and honest conversation 
and uh, an objective bent to to the conversation. And promote drug use, darn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From their perspective, <laughs> that's the, the kind of mentality that they're bringing. Um, it says on there that if you smoke, you know, cannabis, you're going to have it does severe impact to your lungs. And and animals given marijuana by researchers have even suffered structural damage to the brain. <laughs> you know, so Whoa. that's. That's that the hysterical. Screeching. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Nice. That's the hysterical scream from you know. So anyway, uh, if you happen to see that, we're hopefully they're not. That's not going to happen again. I don't really know how that even happened in the first place. How but, did that happen, Cogs? All right, so um, we. I don't know. I I made an executive decision, I guess, to put ads on the site. Not that I think throughout <laughs> the month of January we may have made like two dollars on them or something. So it's not <laughs> like. You know, we're not getting rich off of them. So, um, I don't know. Do you guys think we should take them down? Uh, we, we can specify, like, which websites we don't want to see in there, but it, we have to do it on a case-by-case basis. So, it's like every time some some comp- or some anti-drug organization that's affiliated with the DEA or the government shows up, we have to add them to a list. Yep. But, they'll be on, but they'll be there. We won't know until, until they show up. You got it. Er. Oh no! What do you guys think? Let us know, listeners. This is a big deal. Should we keep on uh, making? Should we keep trying to make our two bucks a month, or no? Um, <laughs> I'm leaning towards or no, yeah. but um, yeah, no, yeah. We, I'm sure we can find something else that might be more uh, potentially beneficial or entertaining for the for the audience. If uh, if think. you're out there and uh, you have something that you'd like to see fill that space, let us know. Yeah, sure. that'd be great. Thank you. Um, speaking of uh, people letting us know things, um, really want to. Uh, we've gotten some email. We've been getting a lot of emails lately. Um, There's two people specifically. Let's get to here. Uh, Shakedown. Hey man, thanks for the scoops. We'll get to some of those later. Mm-hmm. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, recreational military smoker. Um, got some interesting emails. Yeah, or an interesting email from recreational military smoker this week. Um, and uh, he is just what he says he is, I guess. Um, assuming he's a he, uh, which could be incorrect. Uh, but he's a recreational military smoker, uh, marijuana lover, also a spice lover. But um, let's get to the, the thing that he was saying here first. He was saying he's in the Middle East, right? And then where was he in the Middle East? Where, jeez, uh, He's saying in Saudi Bahrain. Yeah, Bahrain. It's an Um, island in the Middle East directly beside Saudi Arabia. There it is. And uh, he said the law there is if you get caught with even one joint, you go to prison for a minimum of 10 years. And higher punishments for holding more or growing could be up to the death penalty. Jeez. Jeez, it's just a plant, guys. And and then he said that at the same time, the punishments in that country for drinking and driving – um, are prison for a few months or like up to a fine of like $1,500 depending on what you got going on. Um, and he said it took him a long, long time to find hash there and finally found some from a a hooker hotel. So m- recreational uh, military smoker and recreational uh, hooker hotel um, traveler. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'd get along quite well, <laughs> and uh, and and uh, well well seasoned traveler. It sounds like he's been over twenty three different countries around the world. It's- yeah, twenty three different countries. And he said in Italy, it's very easy to find weed. He used uh, that as one another example, com- comparing the two places, uh, Baran and uh, um, Italy, um, and 
And then here's the issue. So here's the next topic we get into. Uh, first, really want to uh, thank you for sending this email in. Um, very thoughtful, and uh, we appreciate everything that you do. Um, you're a synthetic marijuana user. Hmm. As you know, since you're a regular listener of the show, uh, we don't really support that, do we, Jamie? Hate it. We hate it. It's disgusting. <laughs> Although, uh, right. if I had a really hardcore like drill sergeant or some kind of commanding officer ready to peel my ass for any kind of indiscretion, yeah, I might consider some alternatives. I don't know. Uh, maybe. But it's not going to be legal for much longer. And... Mm. But, you know, drug testing, all that, you're right. You're working your way around it for now. So um, mm-hmm. I still can't support it, brother. Sorry, man. But I uh, support you. But he did want us to know that he did yep. type this while he was high on spice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it didn't seem to impair his writing abilities. And, it, and, it, and the email made sense. So It made sense. Give him that much. <laughs> Yep. Thanks for that, man. We appreciate it. And anyone else who wants to send them in, keep sending them in. Info at cannabisagenda.com or you can call anytime, 707-654-CAN-CANN. All right. So we're going to do another quick mention here of marijuanapodcast.com. It aggregates the, what, the the, like top five or six, seven podcasts that are out there, cannabis-related podcasts. You got it. Has it to where you can go to it and just play the most, uh, which ones have been um, released most recently? Very simply, right mm-hmm. there at marijuanapodcast.com. Uh, also, wanted to mention real quick hey, if you're a California dispensary, that's right, California. If you are oh. a California dispensary and you're listening to the show, if you're not just, if, you, if you're an owner, if you work at one, if you any have any sort of affiliation with the California dispensary, please contact us here at Cannabis Agenda. We'd really love to hear from you. We'd really love to start some sort of dialogue with you. Uh, Maybe visit your store. Probably visit your store. Um, And uh, yeah, get something, some sort of of relationship going. So please uh, hit us up here at the show. We'd love to hear from you. Info at CannabisAgenda.com. Absolutely. Uh-oh. What did Obama do again? He did the same thing he did, uh, pretty much the same thing he did about six years ago. What's that? From my recollection, he, uh, well, we know that um, uh, one of the good things that Obama has done, I don't know if we can go all the way saying this was good in the sense that it was effective or that it's working really well, but in concept, one of the really good ideas that he's had is listening to the people. And, you know, if you recall when he got elected um, to be the president of the United States originally, he started this website called change.gov. And he said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have all of you send in your suggestions for what are the important issues for our country to focus on and work on. And uh, that's how we will help. We, we will use this not primar- not solely you know, by itself, but we will use this to help us get a better idea, clearer idea of what is important to the American people to become the American uh, agenda, uh, politically speaking. And the results, if you recall, were overwhelmingly pot-related overwhelming right Uh and he's continued this kind of attempting to communicate this open communication with people and he's started these YouTube sessions where you you do the same thing you basically send in your uh, ideas for what's most important issues and questions these are in forms of questions for him Um, so he's changed the format a little bit but they they uh, 
people go on there and they vote, which they think is important, you know, and through all that interaction, it kind of figures out which is the top slots. Well, he just had one of these things and cannabis or marijuana related uh, issues held the top 50 spots in the questions for Obama. And uh, if you check this out as as usual... If you're hearing this, uh, it's available to you on our site. I have a little link there um, next to the story that has the actual, uh, all 50 of those listed. There's an image that you can click on and you can see all of these questions that were were there for him. The, the number one uh, question with the highest rating was, why does cannabis remain a Schedule One illegal drug when, it, when it, it has proven medical uses and is far less harmful than tobacco, alcohol, or other legal over-the-counter and prescription drugs? Well, I didn't choose to answer that one, but there was a representative from uh, LEAP, the organization that we uh, often mention on this program and respect as well. Um, the question was, as a police officer, I saw how waging the war on drugs has cost a trillion dollars and thousands of lives, but does nothing to reduce drug use. Should we discuss legalizing marijuana and other drugs, which would eliminate the violent criminal market? And the president responded. Um, he basically says, um, and do, do, we, do we have a clip from, from what he said in 04? Um, yeah. Do you want to hear that first? Um, well, it's this, it, yeah, I guess we can we can we can say this and then listen to the clip because what he said this time and, and, and the gist of it was, I think that well, we have, the good we have news this is, clip too. Do you do you want to hear this one? The the just just happened one. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, we'll just listen to these in succession, and you might notice something about these two clips. You know, it wasn't one of our official categories. I'll be honest with you, but we got a lot of questions on drug policy, uh, and maybe even more. <laughs> I relevant. think we did last year too. <laughs> You know, uh, a lot of folks in line who want to know your thoughts on it. And I think with Prop 19 in California last fall, it's even more on people's minds. Here's the top voted question in that area. Good evening, Mr. President. My name is Mackenzie Allen. I'm a retired law enforcement officer and member of LEAP, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. The so-called war on drugs has been waged for 40 years at a cost of a trillion dollars and thousands of lives with nothing to show for it but increased supplies, cheaper drugs, and a dramatic increase in violence associated with the underworld drug market. Sir, do you think there will or should come a time for us to discuss the possibility of legalization, regulation, and control of all drugs, thereby doing away with the violent criminal market as well as a major source of funding for international terrorism? Thank you so much for your time, Mr. President. Well, I think this is an entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Uh, I am not in favor of legalization. Uh, I am a strong believer that we have to think more about uh, drugs as a public health problem. Uh, When you think about uh, other damaging activities in our society, smoking, uh, drunk driving, uh, making sure you're wearing seat belts, Mm You know, typically, we've made huge strides over the last 20, 30 years by changing people's attitudes. Uh, and uh, on drugs, I think that a lot of times uh, we have been so focused on arrests, incarceration, interdiction, that we don't spend as much time thinking about how do we shrink demand. Uh, and this is something that, uh, you know, within the White House, uh, we are you know, looking at very carefully. As I said, Any ideas? Uh, well, the, uh, uh, some of this requires shifting resources, uh, being strategic. Where does it make sense for us to really focus on interdiction? Uh, we have to go after drug cartels that uh, not only are selling drugs, but are also creating havoc, for example, uh, along the U.S.-Mexican border. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but are there ways that we can also shrink demand? Uh, and you know, in, in some cities, for example, it, it may take six months for you to get uh, uh, into a drug treatment program. Right. Well, if you're trying to kick a habit uh, and somebody says to you, well, come back in six months, uh, that's pretty discouraging. Yeah. Uh, and so we've got to do more in figuring out how can we get some resources on that end of it um, and, and make sure that, uh, and also look at what we're doing when we have nonviolent uh, first-time drug offenders. Uh, are there ways that we can make sure that we're steering them into the straight and narrow uh, without automatically resorting right. to uh, uh, to incarceration, drug courts, uh, mechanisms like that. So th these are all issues that are, are worth exploring um, and, and worth, of a, uh, worth a serious debate. Mm. Now that was just uh, January 27th on YouTube. And huh. it's At least amazing. he's answering it now, right? Yeah, Wasn't he ignoring this it, for a long time? He was avoiding it. He was avoiding it. One thing you'll notice, he did completely avoid the cannabis-specific issue because that's like political nightmare for him to walk through that one right now. But uh, he, he, did, he did say um, he thinks this is a, a couple significant comments. The, the biggest one, the most significant one, I believe, in my opinion, is that he said outright that this is a, a, a perfectly legitimate question and it's a perfectly legitimate issue to be discussed and debated. So that's a positive yes. step, although he, he's, a, he's a master communicator. Believe it. Of course. He is a oh, yeah. highly articulate best. guy. The best. And he is, yes, yep, yep. He is, uh, yep, bar none. He is, he is top of the heap there. So he knows what to do. And he is the president of the United States. You know, don't forget this. There's a certain skill that it takes to even fill that position <laughs> and survive. And he knows how to, he knows how to dance around things and how to approach things. And uh, you just got to give just enough legitimacy to make it look like you're legitimate without stepping in there and putting yourself at risk. You know, he didn't, he didn't for once say, and this is a debate we will start. This is a debate where we're, we are planning on really, really uh, heating up here and getting this discussion going. He didn't say anything to that, of that nature. So uh, it's no. not really that much to be surprised by. And then they, um, kind and of, they asked him, they asked him like, well, what, you know, cause he said they were, they were discussing, they're discussing it in the white house and they asked him well, yeah. what kind of solutions they said, well, you know, this is, this requires, you know, significantly changing around how many, how we use our resources, which means, you know, people's jobs right. and stuff. So, uh, you know, right. big deal. And their whole thing now exactly. is a, is a public state is a, a public health thing. Um, mm -hmm. which is, uh, you know, I mean, that's, I think that sounds, sounds, you know, I mean, that's what drugs really are. Right. I mean, it's more right. of a health issue than it is. And, and it's good to hear him saying that he thinks that, uh, we've spent, too much of our attention focused on incarceration and arrests mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff rather than, uh, you know, th then he goes into dealing with dealing with the demand issue or whatever. And it's like strictly from a, you know, economic standpoint or whatever, but I don't know. It's good to at least hear them, hear them answering these questions, some of these questions now. So it's a good thing. It's uh this is, this is the, the a kind of a revealing thing that we noticed. Uh, we have a clip from 2004, um, and it, it it it's you'll notice the similarities between the two things. But he seemed a little bit more aggressive and willing to step out a little bit more in this first clip. Do we have that one, Cox? Yep. 
in terms of legalization of drugs, I think that the, the battle, uh, the war on drugs has been an utter failure, uh, and I think that we need to rethink and decriminalize uh, our, uh, our marijuana laws, but I'm not somebody, uh, but I'm not somebody who believes in uh, legalization of marijuana. What I do believe is, is that we need to rethink how we are operating uh, in, in the drug wars, and I think that uh, currently uh, we are not doing a good job. Mm. So there he steps out a little bit more, but you know, you, you could see uh, plainly how he is, he is just this very mashful political person. He, he says, well, but, 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 because people started to clap. I think if he would have entertained that and, and welcomed that in, people probably would have been clapping uh, a lot more uproariously and maybe even stood up. And gave him an ovation. He shut that down before that got rolling. <laughs> it wasn't quite as good back then, I don't think, um, as far as his communication goes. I mean, he, he said, he said, I think that the war on drugs is an utter failure. And then at the end, he says, I think we need to rethink on how we're operating within the war on drugs. To me, that doesn't sound like he wants to end the war on drugs. You know what I mean? No, that's not. That's, yep. That's the political savvy there. He it sounds like he's saying in a way that can can possibly lead people to believe, uninformed people to believe that hey, he kind of wants to do that. He's he's you know totally. kind of pro ending the drug war. He's an anti drug war guy. But really, the what if you look at his con the content of what he said a little bit closer, he he really didn't say anything of the sort. He, he said kind of like you just put it. Uh, he said. It sounds more like he's saying we'll move around the players, move around the pieces a little bit, and keep the same game. Double speak, right? Yeah, yeah like hey, well, he makes people on the with the drug war happy because he he just made them feel like there's he wasn't going to end the drug war, and he kind of made people against the drug war think, well, maybe he is against the drug war. You know, he's yeah. he's really yeah. good at that kind of stuff. He's the best at it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've never. So seen we appreciate that he's uh, admitting, at least, that this is a very legitimate thing that needs to be discussed and, and you know, hopefully dealt with. But uh, yeah, that's about all the praise that, from my side, that's about all the praise I could give. Uh, Take the, the Schedule this. One question. Quit dodging the Schedule One question. Yeah. Come on, Prez. That's, that's the, the big one. one. Yeah, we want to know. We want to know. We've heard you say that you don't think that someone that's using it that's dying should be should be hassled over it because it has some sort of medical value. You didn't say that, but you implied it. And, um, you know, you got to answer the question eventually, homeboy. Got to. Got to. Yep. Come on. Yep. You know? And it's just too crucial for the whole thing. So, Absolutely. Oh, Did you just God. refer to the President of the United States as homeboy? I refer to everybody as homeboy. doesn't matter what color your skin is. Awesome. As, long as, you, as long as you're a guy. <laughs> As long as you're a guy, <laughs> you're a homeboy. Cool. He's, he's probably got, he probably likes it. He probably has a friend that calls him homeboy and he probably gets a kick out of it too. Cause come on. Yeah. It's old being grand. called Mr. President yeah, a, all the time. He's like almost undoubtedly a much easier going person than he's allowed to be as the president of the United States. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <sure>. California. <laughs> Pardon me telling you uh-huh that's right well i'll step in and handle this one uh give you a little break if you'd like um usually we we since you're uh california central over there we uh you usually tend to cover the california stories but uh due to the circumstances i can let them know about the leno it's leno right mark leno is that is that the assemblyman's name i think that's how you or say it, it yeah 
Okay. So uh, Assemblyman Mark Lino, you know, he really, he really has been a, a very pro uh, cannabis uh, legislator um, to to a pretty significant degree. He's put forth a lot of uh, uh, helpful legislation um, uh, in regards to cannabis related um, issues, um, and he is now uh, state senator, right? Yeah, he is. Uh, well, he is a state assembly. Oh, yeah, he is. Uh, he was a state assemblyman, um, and when he got yeah. a bill passed in both houses of the California legislature to pro- to prohibit uh, employees from firing workers simply because they're medical marijuana patients, but uh, you know, as you stated when we were discussing this earlier, Governor uh, Schwarzenegger um, vetoed him. Kept vetoing him. It, I just don't. I just don't feel that that's right when all of these people in the house and get all of these you know have all this input and all this effort and they get something passed and then one guy can go nope at his discretion which is based probably mostly politically as we know about arnold and his association with cannabis but uh now he is a democratic state senator from uh, san francisco and he's introduced similar legislation again um this uh new bill is senate bill 129 and it would prohibit employers from discriminating against workers with medical marijuana recommendations in hiring or firing decisions or in their rights to participate in the workplace. So I'm certain that that would, that would likely, I've not completely familiarized with the language of this new legislation, but I'm, I'm sure it would have something in there that says, look, that doesn't mean you can get, you know, just higher than giraffe VJJ and then go in there and work in a very highly dangerous position, you know, when you're all stoned to death. But you know, this is a this is important this is important legislation. So we'll keep an eye on what's going on with that as things continue to develop in California. Um, additionally, from Cali, out there, is how's the weather out there in Cali? Is it nice? It's been great for like three weeks, dude. Yeah, <sighs> man, I'm jealous. Super nice this story. I this story's coming I've been out laid up. south. This one's uh, Laguna Woods. Are you familiar with that area? It's over in yes, o- OC. Orange County, yeah. yeah. Undoubtedly, they're having some good uh, weather. But this is an interesting uh, story. Um, You might be uh, interested in checking this out a little more in depthly on our website. But uh, they had a conference, uh, a cannabis, you know, based uh, medical marijuana conference. But this time, it was marketed to seniors, and it seems kind of like a a duh moment to me, for lack of a a more articulate response. Uh, Why aren't we? Why aren't we catering more? To the aged, uh, what would aged be? I mean, my—I don't know if this is official. I don't know if there's a cutoff where aged, you know, is. But you know, sixty, sixty-five and older, who would mm-hmm. need? What demographic would would need or benefit more from the uh, the mitigating, you know, abilities of or ability to mitigate, uh, you know, disabling circumstances or pain, an arthritic sure. pain especially, than than aged people. And so it was really cool when I came across this story and it talked about uh, an 86-year-old lady named Dorothy Davison. She learned how to make marijuana smoothie and she Ah. learned uh, the difference between consuming baked weed and and the raw plant and uh, a lot of other important things uh, about it. And she said, you know, you hear so many negative things about it. Now I know how it works. And there's, there, it's not just significant on the first, the first point of order that, that they, they really could probably be the people that would most, the age demographic in our, in our country, um, or internationally for that matter, that would benefit most from cannabis, uh, cannabis's benefits. But and there are also, are, are, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you saying? 
Well, I was just saying, aren't they? You probably are about to say, aren't they? The also the ones that that have heard had the most reefer madness in their exactly. life. I mean, that's precisely yeah. what I was going to say. They're 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 from the era. If they're not personally uh, directly from the the generation where Henry Anslinger was slinging all of his nonsense about cannabis, um, then they are they were children. And their parents were direct recipients of that that propaganda campaign. So they're the most in in need of truth. And it's amazing if you read through the story. A couple of them are saying, you know, this is it's really surprising to them when they're learning about what's really going on with this plan and the, and the possibilities, the medical possibilities. Um, they just they just didn't understand um, that that all that existed or all that was there. And one lady said uh, her name is Letitia Pepper. She's 56 years old. She suffers from MS. And, uh, you know, that's a pretty rough one that involves your central nervous system. But uh, she said she she concentrates marijuana extract. Oh, this is my favorite delivery method, by the way, you guys. Uh, she concentrates marijuana extract with vegetable glycerin to make a liquid, also known as a tincture. And uh, when when she's in pain, she just squeezes a few drops under her tongue. And she says, people come up to me and say, oh, you look great. And... Uh, she was wearing a t-shirt that the story says that says pills kill. <laughs> I thought it was funny. But uh, she said her friends are surprised when she credits medical marijuana for the change. And the, another, another of the seniors there um, of the Village Cannabis Club in, there in Laguna Woods said uh, the only way to change it is to create a new image for marijuana users. So these are, these are senior citizens. And if you recall the, the Proposition 19 when it failed uh, by, a, by a somewhat small margin, uh, some of the biggest uh, nay voters were the aged. Mm-hmm. So that is, sure. a, I believe, a rapidly, rapidly changing, uh, as far as their opinion or perspective about cannabis, I believe that's probably the quickest changing uh, demographic of all. And uh, this, this lady pretty much sums it up at the end of the story. She says, you know, the, the, about changing the image, she says, we can do it by being the kind of people they're not expecting. Get rid of that Cheech and Chong attitude, she said. People our age, there's no reason we shouldn't be able to feel better. And to that, you know, I couldn't agree more. So I hope to see more of this going on. I mean, doesn't it seem obvious? How come we haven't been marketing this to seniors a long time ago? I mean, it's, I volunteer at some places, and sometimes there's a lot of seniors there. It's not necessarily a senior facility, but they seniors tend to have free time, and they like to, a lot of them like to volunteer as well. So they'll be fellow volunteers. So we'll be hanging out, talking about stuff, and, and often this comes up. Well, there are a lot of ailments, a lot of pain. It's just almost inevitable when you get you know a certain age. And so those things are mentioned, and whenever they are, I take an opportunity to, to kind of kindly, softly suggest that that's a possibility they could look at, you know, not to freak them out or anything. And it's amazing the response I get. Really? They're like glued to you when you mention that. Really? And when, what is this? And, and it does what? Because obviously you can tell they've been dealing with this for years and years. Arthritic pain. Oh gosh, it's unbearable. And they've got all kinds of other ailments and, and it's, it, they're writing things down, taking notes. You know, so what, what, so let's 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 just a couple of, a couple of the marketing campaign slogans would be something like, "Respect your elders, T- let them know that cannabis is a safe and effective way to treat pain," or something like Absolutely. that, right? Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> I mean, we already have a pretty good. Uh, uh, it, like the door is open for this conversation with most of these people because they've been through the gamut of pharmaceuticals and they all have had the nausea, the heat 
cold flashes, the all the ugly side effects that come with it. It's just so they're ready for an alternative. And once these guys, these are the authorities, you know, they, we do we do tend to respect our elders. I think in most countries they do, and we do that in the, in, in the United States as well. And that that's going to be something that people are going to, and they're also very uh, uh, good voters. They routinely vote. And, you know, so representatives know that. And when they start coming out and saying, hey, wait a minute, this is nonsense. What is this bullshit hubbub about, you know, deadliness and all this crap? This is nonsense. We need to fix this. Hey, that could be a big, uh, should be a big uh, kind of a powerful addition to this movement. Yeah. Definitely, definitely could, and and it's uh, it, that's you know that's one of the interesting things too, in, in states like California and states where medical marijuana is now you know a legal entity, uh, the 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 ability to start these like you know campaigns, these sort of like marketing campaigns, these PR campaigns, it's much more efficient, much more available, much more people can do it in in states like California, so. Uh, yeah, man, it's going to be, be very, and so this, so this conference then was specifically set up for seniors, specifically. Yes, yes it was. That's cool. Fantastic. That's really yeah, cool. I hope that spreads. I hope that's a trend that keeps on going, you know, because, I mean, people have so much, ageism is such a, a, a common thing, more than people would realize, and people have these misconceived, you know, notions about uh, elderly people, like they can't think clearly, they're not together, you know, things happen, you know, you get older and your faculty start kind of wearing thin, and that's that's a reality, but but they, they can't be discounted as non-functional people. A lot of these people are, are bright or brighter than anybody that's, you know, 20 years old. They're running around living a life, you know, and they're doing oh, it yeah. under, under serious pain and under serious, you know, health issues you that s- are just... You see it all the time, man. I mean, their bodies go, but their brains, their brains mm-hmm. don't. Man, when I lived on I mean, a beach in Florida for a while, you'd, you'd see carloads of these gals coming in, and they had to be in their 70s or 80s a lot of the time. And they had like all these little mini skirts and yelling and going, woo coming up and in their Mustang convertibles. And it was, it was a riot, you know? But it wasn't something I would like make fun of. It was just hilarious to see these people enjoying their life and really going out there and grabbing life by the, you know, cojones and just having a blast and throwing caution to the wind a bit, I suppose. So, you know, it, the, this misperception about these, uh, this dem- age demographic being somehow diminished, you know, by default. Sure. That's, uh, that's, sure. that's nonsense, you know? And, and as more, as more time goes by, it'll be it'll be fun i would i can't i look forward to the possibility of engaging in uh you know cannabis related conversations with with uh um, my respected elders yeah you guys yeah mm-hmm. yeah i definitely do maybe uh we should have some cannabis related um discussions with swat teams too um oh my god i, I don't know i might have to sit that one out i don't know if i could conduct <laughs> myself in an appropriate manner at this point We've covered a lot of these. It's time for your Rocky Mountain High. We're going to Utah today. This is a story from about a year ago, really, but it looks like some video was just released on a um, SWAT intrusion into a uh, home where they were apparently looking for a drug dealer. Um, turns out the drug dealer was just a user, an addict. Uh, I believe it was a meth addict. And he had a little bit of pot. Um, but, uh, yeah, you need to check out. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna play this, right? Yeah, if you guys want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. hey, can I do uh, my? I've, I've developed this. I've developed my my impersonation. It's a, it's a sure. generalized impersonation of all no knock commando drug raids. Want to hear, hear it? it? Yep. Bam, bam, 
bam, bam, please stop or we'll shoot more. Uh oh. Check That's out bad. this clip. Yeah. Yeah. That's a golf club. Police! 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 Pow, pow, pow. Right. So up until I mean, that like moment literally. of engagement, they had, this gentleman had no idea what was going on. He just heard some rustling or some commotion or something alert him. Something's going on out there. I want to investigate. Now, how... Grabs a seven iron. Yeah. Yeah, he grabbed a, a lethal golf club. And they shot him because he had a golf club. Three this times. hallway approaching. And then they're door. like, what's going on? What's going on? That's not funny, but it's like, what the fuck? I mean, what, you know, like you shoot someone and then you ask them what's, hey, man, what's up? What's up, buddy? Oh, man, nothing. I'm just, uh, I'm just bleeding to death. How are you guys doing? Right. What's up, what's up with you, with you uh, commando dudes, yo? Sorry, sorry about the mess. Um, I would have cleaned if I knew you were coming. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, you kind of came you know, unannounced. Um, at least you, you know, gave me a few seconds. Police search warrant. Police search warrant. Bam, bam, bam. I'm like, seriously, is that quick? <laughs> That's is it mess. possible? <laughs> is it humanly? Po- is it even realistic to expect that somebody unknowing of of any kind of a raid or police visit at all to to prepare themselves to get down immediately and freeze everything if? If that happens in, in, a, in a in a fraction of a second, can you imagine the heightened uh, emotion and thought process that's going on in his head when that happened? He's, I mean, I think I would guess nine out of ten conservatively would be frozen like a deer in headlights. Well, that's what he was. Shit freeze on me. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, yeah, if you if watch the video, and he is he has he's not at the door. He's like in the hallway, away from the front door when they. C- kick the door in and he's like in an athletic stance kind of with his golf club up and the deer and headlights and then bam 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 and he goes down you know well, you know those golf and, clubs are pretty lethal from 20 yards dude i've been hitting the head with a seven iron from a foot away and i made it through it but yeah. uh and you didn't have you kevlar know, on no i didn't have kevlar <laughs> okay so here's the problem with this we've talked about this is I don't know, the third or fourth time we've covered something like this. First of all, this was investigated. It was, fa- it was found to be a lawful shooting. Surprise. Found. Surprise, surprise. Here's the problem. When you send in SWAT team, they're mm-hmm. trying to protect themselves. They go in, they right. think there's any threat to them at all. They're trying to protect their own life. Well, mm-hmm. what do they have available to them to do that? Guns. What do guns do? Guns kill people. So, Often, if they feel at all threatened, they kill people. Now, the problem is the fact that they send them in on these no-knock raids in the, in the first place. They mm-hmm. send them in over. I mean, this happens so often, y'all. You don't even know. Yeah. Jamie, you've covered it before. Where's the big, the, you can get the, and the, what, DNC Net has a lot of stuff about this stuff, doesn't it? Isn't that where you find a lot of stuff about? 
Yeah, grades. you know, and also on our website, if you go into the readings or book uh, books or reading materials, there is a a, um, a PDF uh, book. It's a book or a report from uh, I think Reason Reason dot com, um, and it's or maybe perhaps the Cato Institute, one or the other. But anyway, uh, it, check that out because it's a whole story about the this this as an increasing uh, problem in our country. So there's some good good material on a site as well. And the biggest problem with it is, is they send them in these places in the first place. We've seen, we've covered one where they send them into some eighty-nine-year-old's house or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you send them in to these places where you don't need to send no-knock raid SWAT team Kevlar'd up choppers right. over the house. It's just not necessary. And you know, uh, so so says the uh, SWAT team from L.A. And the SWAT team from New York City, who L.A., uh, they, they founded and developed SWAT in the first place um, for extraordinary circumstances. And New York modeled their system directly after L.A.'s. So if you look, I would consider those guys, as far as SWAT members from their side of the fence, to be the, the source. The, the, the credible source for, for talking about how these things are supposed to work. And they say openly, um, in the course of covering way too many of these types of stories, you, you get these comments on some of the like forums where people are talking. They say, look, man, I'm a sergeant. I run a SWAT team in, in LA, and this is not what SWAT's for. This is a misuse of the whole concept of SWAT in the first place. Special S- Weapons and Tactics, which is what SWAT stands for, is for severe, extraordinary circumstances, like those guys that were on TV years ago and, and, and somewhere in, in LA. In LA? With, with, and they had all those body armed. armed. They had armed. They were armed. They had like tons of like body armor on and walked around the streets with like crazy guns and couldn't even be shot yeah. down. That's like you know what happens in that yeah you know what happens in that circumstance SWAT man we need SWAT shake their hand good good to have you here SWAT this is what they're for I mean all I can say is just shame on all these police all these police organizations in these different areas that go into places without doing their due diligence and send them in the homes where there's like no weapons found ever none like a butter knife is as dangerous as it gets and they go in and kill people shoot people even sending them even if they don't kill people but they send SWAT in on something like that come on often it's the wrong people and if it's the wrong people we know historically they don't offer apologies they go up wrong wrong house go to the next house and they just leave and people are laying on the ground shaking scared to death (laughs) you know I mean Wow, I don't know if I wouldn't have a heart attack if that happened to me, you know. And they're going into elderly people's homes and and going. So, can you imagine that? I can't even imagine that. It's it, it's it's wrong. It's it's it, uh, uh, <laughs> we you know it gets me riled up every time we do this. Um, I'm glad I'm glad we only do it every ten or eleven shows, but uh, <laughs> we could do it more often. If we really search for it. We could probably do this almost every show, and. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate truth. And, I, and Radley Balco is the one that wrote that piece that's on our website. So check that out in the readings and learn more about this because uh, if you don't understand how uh, big of a problem this is, then uh, that reading could help you out. You need to wake up to the reality of what's happening and the direction that we're going in our uh, criminal justice system. This is, this is changing the way we do business. Now, Podunk County, you know, whatever state says, whoa, we need one of those units too. 
And you got to know that these guys, these men's men of the police force are, are, are juiced up about it. They get excited about that. Oh, man, we can get some of these. We can get all these you know, guns with crazy, an AK-914F <laughs> with a laser sight and all this. They're juiced, man. And, they're, and, and some of them, uh, I don't think it'd be hard to argue, some of them seem to have a bloodlust. Because they're shooting, they're shooting and asking questions later, all in the name of duty, all in because it's such an extreme circumstance that they had no choice, which, which obviously, you know, never seems to be the, the case from our perspective. Insanity. Absolute insanity. Mm-hmm. That's what We've got is. some international insanity as well. Let's uh, set this one up with a clip. Some drug smugglers in Mexico are using an old-fashioned method to get marijuana into the U.S. by catapult. The Border Patrol captured this video, night camera, to observe the catapult being used to launch drugs into Arizona last Friday. The agents alerted Mexican police who seized the catapult and 45 pounds of marijuana. The drug smugglers <laughs> did escape, though. <laughs> <laughs> really that's excellent a catapult a dope dope smuggling catapult here we go watch out oh fire the hole. <laughs> yeah they're sending a highly compressed there was a key at a time they were sending that's like 2.205 pounds so it's a little over two and a quarter pounds that doesn't right seem around. like very much you wouldn't want to get hit by that. You wouldn't get hit by it. Oh my gosh, that's funny. You know what? As ridiculous as it sounds, I think it would be cool just for like a YouTube moment, if nothing else. If they got like about five hundred of them things, and everybody just rushed for the border at the same time, that'd be funny, Where? dude. Just, I just want to see it shoot it. I just want to see it shoot. I just want to shoot two two pounds of weed in the air and see how far it goes. <laughs> far enough to go over the border, yeah. That would be well, cool. I mean, what's that mean? At least a five hundred feet, at least, right? Thousand oh, feet, have to be. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, so. sure. Did you yeah. see it? You can check out the clip uh, if you go. Yeah, there's the some night vision, uh, night vision footage of this thing. It's pretty big. It's one of those medieval looking catapults. <laughs> this is serious. This is serious. This is serious media. This is serious reporting. Jeez. You know, next know. they're going to start putting uh, illegals in there. For a small oh, fee, oh, fee we'll shoot those, you into a big pile of uh, of mattresses. Those they're gonna need some daga. They're, they're they'll definitely need some daga once they land. So daga isn't that a cool word? That's uh, that's Africa for you. I think it's down in South Africa. This is a pretty interesting store from the international weedscape. Check this out. They uh, they said you need some you need some daga. Well, uh, your easy score might just be a mouse click away. These gentlemen, and I think you'll find this story a little bit more interesting than it looks on its face. Um, I put it in there because it involves South Africa, which we've nary mentioned one time ever on this program. Um, and it seems kind of like, I don't know, when I read about South Africa, it seems like a whole different planet to me because they have so many different words and so many different references for things that are completely foreign to me. I mean, completely, completely foreign. And it, it's, it's really interesting to read about what's going on. But in this case, um, it's particularly interesting, uh, particularly interesting for us as they, they didn't have cannabis readily available. 
Um, there is uh, the law there. It, it's, it's also illegal in that area as it is here. Um, I don't know the severity of their laws, but I think it's pretty rough down there. And uh, these, these brothers decided, you know what? The law is wrong. Um, Chris Buer is, is one of the brothers. Um, I don't know how to even, even pronounce this, 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 it's G A U T E N G. And I apologize. I didn't research how to pronounce that better. I think Galting, Goten, I don't know, but that's the, the area in Africa and South Africa that they're from. And he said, the law on cannabis is wrong. The fact that it's illegal is harming so many people. Um, uh, he, he said, allowed to freely grow and trade, the benefits of this plant would be felt worldwide and the South African economy would boom. So we all agree with that. You know, We're trying to educate people to take a look on their own you know, and trust their own judgment, do their own research, and, and, and we think that they're going to come to that conclusion as well. Well, these four brothers, <laughs> well, it's called Four Brothers. It's the, the name of it. Um, I don't know if there's actually four of them or that's just the name. But these, they, these guys, they, they took a little bit more bold and assertive stance, and they just stood up and said, let's change it. Let's start a website and sell weed. In the face of the law, <laughs> despite the laws, and uh, they could because they said we believe that it's it's really it's really wrong and it's unjust, and so we're not going to pay attention to that. And he said he told they totally disagree with the law, and they're not scared to go to jail if they have to. Which I'm very sorry to say is probably going to be the the outcome, but it hasn't been as of yet, as far as we know. I believe this is a. January 22nd story that came out was a uh, carryover from last week's show. Uh, we didn't have space for, but uh, yeah, they're, they think that uh, it's a pretty good thing. The, one of their pay, uh, customers said that he's been a regular smoker for 16 years, at which time he's, he's earned Springbok colors in the martial art jujitsu. So much for couch lock, right? Um, and he said, I think four brothers are doing a good thing. It's expensive, but you get what you pay for. It's high quality buds they offer there. At least these guys are not taking advantage of us. He said uh, smoking Daga makes him feel great, enthusiastic, and motivated. And he said the compassionate and merciful thing to do is legalize it. Well, it's not legalized right now, um, although they are attempting kind of after the fact to try to affect some kind of a policy change or at least awareness um, of the, the impropriety or mis, misguidedness uh, of the laws that exist there now. Uh, Ruan Rensel is another one of them. He said, uh, yeah, see, he chimed in, um, said that they had written to President Jacob Zuma and the National Prosecuting Authority, it's the NPA, um, arguing that cannabis should be legal, but they've, they've received no substantive response yet. So they decided they'd take the matter into their own hands. And the goal became, he said, Wenzel says, uh, clear to do something that the government does not want anyone to do, and that is to sell and grow cannabis and inform others of the good that cannabis can really do. So they did just that. And they described themselves uh, on their website as the Cannabis Embassy of South Africa. And they instruct their visitors that the informational webpage is designed and intended for use by humans of a mature mind. If you're an adult with an immature mind, please exit the page and return once you are mature enough to handle the truth. <laughs> and uh, the, the site goes on to uh, encourage active resistance against unjustifiable and unreasonable laws and rebellion against tyranny and oppression to protect your human rights. Um, all sound concepts from my point of view, um, but somebody... They're uh, the 
uh, Hawk spokesman uh, Macintosh Polella said the unit had not been aware of the website before being asked about it um, by their paper there, the Sunday Times. He said there were no immediate plans to investigate them, but he said, quote, it looks ridiculous that somebody is openly doing something illegal as if they're saying, hello, I'm a criminal, please lock me up. But MPA spokesman uh, Mathuzi Maga said police would need to act before any decision was made to prosecute. So it's kind of in a limbo thing right now, and they're not really going uh, aggressively after these guys. But uh, he did say that from a legal point of view, it's clearly a criminal defense or a criminal offense. I'm sorry. Um, and uh, so there you go. They're, they're, they said, you know what? This is wrong. And unjust. they're saying a lot of the things that we say here and in the movement in, in the United States with uh, the one kind of bold exception where they just said, forget them. We're not going to wait for them to catch up. We're just going to do what we believe is right. So it'll be interesting. I'll try to follow this and see what happens to these guys. <laughs> it would be, uh, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but it seems inevitable that they would have to arrest them because it would be kind of being becoming complicit to this whole idea. And, you know, in a way, uh, indirect way, kind of consenting and agreeing with the, with these gentlemen if they didn't, you know, go to prosecute them. So hopefully that'll be the case. We'll see what happens. Daga, huh? Have you ever heard of that before? Daga. Yeah, I've heard of it. Hmm? Daga, really? About 10 days Dude, ago. Dude, the man of most wisdom. Very cool stuff. <laughs> I don't know, from a movie stuff? or something, or from something, but yeah, I've heard Daga. I definitely <laughs> have. Hey, we're doing cannabis trivia today. Not etiquette, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll interchange those every once in a while. Yeah, and today, today, we're talking about tie sticks. And what mm-hmm. the hell is a tie stick? <laughs> what is a tie stick? Seriously. So the first time I ever saw a tie stick, like a real one. You've seen a real tie stick? Okay. I was in Hawaii, and some dude was selling tie sticks on the side of the road, and it was fake weed. So yeah, I've seen a real <laughs> tie stick. Fake, uh, fake weed, huh? It was a spice stick. <laughs> no, it wasn't even... Uh, I, no, I was... <laughs> Someone trying to sell some shit that was not weed, but he was saying it was weed. He was calling it a tie <laughs> uh, stick. It was like wrapped on a stick and like tied onto a stick. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was a gyp stick. <laughs> yeah, right. From a dip stick. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that was the first time I had ever seen that. And the, uh, the other thing, it's okay. So well, I think we've got some answers here, right? <coughs> but <coughs> the other thing I've heard of is people. Talking about tie sticks, or just like when people sell like whole branches, like like mm-hmm. a shaped branch, they're selling co- or selling colas or whatnot. What did you get? You guys came up with some stuff for for tie sticks, right? Yeah. So I found the official uh, the Wikipedia definition. What is a tie mm-hmm. stick here? And Wikipedia always has it right. You know. They're, oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, a tie stick from Wikipedia is a form of cannabis from Thailand that was popular in the late '60s and early '70s. And it's saying that it consisted of premium buds of seedless marijuana, which were skewered on stems. Uh, and then uh, fiber found in the stalk of marijuana was used to tie the marijuana to the stem and keep it in place. Um, it goes on to say that it also used a piece of string known as rasta hair, whatever that means. Um, but these were popular in the United States at the time because they were more, more potent than the, the stuff that was common around here. And then I've heard that, um, oh yeah, and it says in here too that um, uh, they 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 dip them in hash oil and or opium. Aha! 
There you go. Now you're getting to where I was going to go with this. Yes. What, yes, you, yes, got, yes. what you got for us? Um, that was what I was going to get to. Um, the tie sticks were back in the in the 60s and 70s that they were dipped in other drugs. Um, if not, um, hash oil. Um, and back then they used to make, I believe they would extract hash oil with like, uh, bu- uh, not butane. I don't think they used butane back then. I think they used like isopropyl alcohol. It was like black. And they'd like cake a bunch of like oil like hash oil or keef onto a bud and let it dry and cure and then they'd sell these sticks or these and that's what a hash stick was and now what we call those are honey buds and um honey buds are basically when you make uh, a butane extract um of, of oil and you keep it a little bit more liquidy and then you dip buds into that and then you cure those buds and they're called honey buds now. Some people still call them tie sticks but that is what I heard tie stick was basically when you are dipping a bud or a you know cola into either some sort of liquid hash some sort of hash that's going to cake onto it or another drug like you mentioned, opium. So that's that's along the lines of what I always thought I stick was. Um, I didn't know it was. I don't think it was a strain. I'm not so sure if it was a strain or not. Ever really, you know. But maybe some people that was what they thought since Amelia was at first tie stick. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's kind of along the lines that I thought tie stick was was the weed dipped in more weed or other drugs. So. Very interesting. I know there's probably some more experienced uh, listeners out there that are going right now. They're going, Tasha, I know what that is. So yeah. we can get some feedback and comments about their experience with the old, the old tie stick. I didn't realize they were dipped in stuff. That, I don't know if I would want it dipped in anything that was non-cannabis related. Right. Like, but honey buds, or I've smoked honey buds before. Um, it's good. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Sounds delicious. Yeah. Sounds delicious. Would would let's move on to pot in the Pacific Northwest. Would weed be mm. as delicious to you if it were sold out of liquor stores? Hmm. I don't think so. Um, the question is: Do you think that uh, uh, cannabis uh, should be regulated by the liquor uh, regulators? I don't. I don't. I don't feel that it should. Is I really don't feel for so. medical cannabis. Uh, well, 36th District Representative Mary Lou Dickerson um, was is calling on the legislature legislature in uh, Washington State to legalize cannabis. She's uh, entered in House Bill 1550, um, and it would legalize the use of cannabis for adults age 21 and over. Well, that's good. That's the good news. Um, she said it would generate about 400 million dollars per biennium for the state, um, but. It says subjecting cannabis to a licensed regulated system would not only improve public health and safety, it would generate hundreds of millions of dollars for healthcare at a time when Washington's budget's being uh, decimated. Makes sense to me. Sounds good. But under the bill, cannabis would be sold through state liquor stores with growers applying for a license through the Liquor Control Board. And there's where it, well, in my perspective, it jumped right off the edge of the pier and swam feverishly to the bottom of the ocean. Because, <laughs> I don't know, what do you guys think? You have a contradictory kind of opinion on this one? Do you think that this is a good idea? What, where, where are you at on this one? 
I don't know. I don't really like cannabis being grouped with alcohol other than when you're trying to explain to people that it's so ridiculous that weed's not legal when it's so much more safe than alcohol is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to some degree, will it ever be so regular that it could? Okay. I think someday it could be so regular and so normal that it, it, Mm -hmm. it, it should be sold in the same places that everything else is sold. But sure. I think that part of the evolution of the economics of marijuana n- requires it to be separated, kind of, so that we can like foster the growth of this like industry that we've held back for so long, and we can have it be boutiqueish and different and distinctly like separate from tobacco, from alcohol, from prescription drugs and and over the counter drugs, and different in its own thing, and let it flourish and. You know, it's like its own little patch of flowers over here that we take super good care of and we grow because it's, you know, it's so pretty and we need to like take care of it. <laughs> Sorry. Right. You know, and, it, and I, I think so also pretty. we talked, we just, so pretty. <laughs> we, we've talked about the, uh, the, the, the problems with the, the syntax and, and all of the things, the cigarettes, the lottery tickets, the, all of those things that you get, the alcohol, of course, in a liquor store tend to have uh, well significant and, and significantly growing as of late due to the you know fiscal calamity we're all seeing to be in nowadays um, syntax is placed upon them and especially cigarettes it's it's free it's open game for people now they're like hey just tag you know they're like three or four dollars extra tax on cigarettes that's okay it's just cigarettes and my question would be if you let the li- this uh, cannabis come sales you know legal san- cannabis sales come under the control of the liquor control board is that going to is that going to affect the 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 syntax that they want to put on cannabis it'll be all grouped into the same bunch kind of like you ever heard the old adage my grandfather used to say all the time if you lay down with the dogs you get up with the fleas and it just seems like uh, this would be kind of a guilty by association. They're they're grouping it in as something that you know it will is unnecessary, has no positive benefits. It can potentially kill you. It has a it has a what they what they say with the syntax is it has a significant uh, measurable negative effect on society as a whole. So that'd be my biggest concern. Hmm. Okay. Plus, you know. Historically, the the liquor people have not exactly been the biggest advocators for um, legalized cannabis. <laughs> you know, right, right. Yeah, no. I, I see. I see problem. I, I, I at this point, at this point, my answer is no. Do not regulate it with the. Do not group it in the. Do not sell it in liquor stores. Do not put it in in with them. That's not the way to go. As of right now, me too. I, I think most people in Washington, um, especially the most important people, the people that are passing this legislation through, um, would tend to agree. And, and last year in 2010, uh, Dickerson submitted a similar bill. It was HB 2401, and it didn't make it past the Committee on Public Safety and Emergency Preparedness, which is probably the initial committee that that starts out in after being filed. So there's a good good reason to believe that this might not go anywhere. I certainly hope it doesn't. But yeah, what do you think about that? Should should state liquor stores sell cannabis? Should they be uh, liquor control boards in various states be um, charged with with regulating and, and monitoring cannabis sales? I don't know. Let us know what you think. Call us up. Emails. Time to move on to Michigan. Uh, looks like Royal Oaks is uh, trying to stop cannabis cultivation. Go figure. 
That's what happens in new medical marijuana states. We've got a clip. Let's hear it. In other news tonight, you can smoke it, but you can't grow it. That's Royal Oak's latest ruling on medical marijuana. Fox News' Amy Lang has more on the ongoing controversy. Royal Oak, the latest place to put serious restrictions on medical marijuana. This is one battle that just keeps on smoking. The reality in Michigan today is medical marijuana is here. It's here to stay. The heated debate over medical marijuana. A number of Metro Detroit communities are trying to limit its availability and use. The latest is Royal Oak, where a new ordinance that takes effect February 3rd will prevent patients and caregivers from growing medical marijuana in their homes. These city resources are so precious now to spend them on Fighting medical marijuana? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Fox 2 legal analyst Charlie Langton says that's contrary to Michigan law, which allows patients and caregivers to maintain up to 12 plants in their homes for licensed medical use. 60% of the voters in Michigan want medical marijuana. Yet more and more cash-strapped cities are fighting it and being sued because of laws like the one in Royal Oak. Langton says state law is badly in need of clarification to prevent unnecessary legislation and the lawsuits that challenge it. And it's got to be corrected because cities don't know what they can and can't do. In Royal Oak, Amy Lang, Fox 2. Oh, I'm pretty sure cities know what they can't do. And cities must know they can't tell people that they can't grow medical marijuana, either patients or caregivers. It's pretty specific in Michigan state law. This mm-hmm. one will be this one will be over. It'll be thrown out. But, you know, it'll suck in the process. Someone will get in trouble. People will get in yep. trouble. To deal with a bunch of BS, it sucks. It'll waste a lot of time and effort, a lot of unnecessary hardship and frustration. Just end up at the same uh-huh. place, right? Yep, at the same place. That's the same, same place. place. Well, speaking of the same place, uh, oh, welfare drug testing bills have been filed down in Virginia, the same place many states have gone before. Um, welfare or unemployment drug testing bills is a perennial favorite of posturing politicians, and they've uh, been introduced in at least like five states this year alone. But, you know, it's really nothing new. They're introduced in a handful of states every year, but no state has patched such a bill since Michigan did it in uh, 1998. And then that bill was found unconstitutional by the U.S. Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals in 2003. Thus, that's kind of why these things don't go anywhere, because they're unconstitutional. But can you imagine what would happen if everybody, the proposal here is everybody on welfare will be tested for any kind of drugs? (laughs) And if they're they're found positive, then they're not given their benefits, right? Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Now, you will no longer be able to uh, eat or um, have any uh, housing or uh, any of the stuff we're providing. So good luck with that, and uh, we hope you go to treatment. Well, the proposal really is that, that they force them into a treatment p- position and then they monitor them and then they have to completely get clean. And, you know, what it results in is somebody comes in and becomes a personal steward to your life. <laughs> and that's that's beyond unconstitutional. So it's really crazy, isn't it? Aren't these things? I mean, aren't these are these these are proposed by people that also just don't like welfare at the same time. But then they want to yeah, go and spend know, more money to <laughs> Yeah, and most of the most staunch, the staunchest, you know, welfare bashers, you know, also tend to be the people that are the most uh, highly invested in in industries that that are created by the drug war, like drug testing, for example. And the the guys here is look, well, you know, if, if somebody has to have something to survive, well, we'll argue about that later. But they damn well better not be doing it on our on our on our uh, bill, you know. 
under the influence of some kind of drugs. That's nonsense. So we're going to save some money of the people and test these people with highly expensive drug tests <laughs> that have to be regularly administered to massive amounts of people in order for this to even have a, a hint of a chance to work. <laughs> so Idiotic. Yeah, Idiotic. Idiotic. Guys, they're doing this. In, they're talking about this in Kentucky too, right now. I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're douchebags. They'll get a clue someday. You know, when people shut them down enough, and then hopefully somebody will have the sense to mention how much money they've wasted in this process of going absolutely nowhere. When did you become a process guy? I don't know. Did I just use that again? <laughs> You've been using it for weeks process. now. You know, it's like you move, a- just like you're Canadian or something. We have a student from England, and I've been I've been pronouncing all kind of things weird lately. I just always try to go, you know, I say stuff in like these faux kind of English accents, which probably aren't dead on by any means. But uh, I asked her the other day. I said, "Are you entirely over my my English references and stuff?" And she goes, "Oh no, not at all, not at all. It's great." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Boy, that's the wrong thing to say." No, you know, no, yeah, you'll probably stoned in the eye. south. What's going on in the south? We got a Kentucky story. Oh, oh <laughs> bluegrass down home in Kentucky. They did Clip. not. They did not get the memo. <laughs> you know all the they synthetic synthetic marijuana that's been going around, right? Yeah, they don't have any of it down there in Kentucky. Really? Oh, shoot, shoot darn it! <laughs> <laughs> I reckon we better figure something out, boys. Come they, on, let's go. They got they got there. They got some simulated marijuana. I am. Uh, I'm actually wearing a go big blue that? shirt right now. I'm wearing a go big blue shirt right now. So <laughs> anyone thinks I'm hating on the South, I'm not. I'm not. I just don't live there anymore. Go big blue. <laughs> go big blue. The owner of a smoke shop is facing charges after police say he was selling illegal drugs at his store. And police say exactly what he was selling is becoming a much larger problem than most people realize. Steve Tellier is live at the St. Matthews Police Department with the details. Steve. Rick and Vicky, the owner of that smoke shop, was arrested yesterday afternoon. Police say he was keeping packets of simulated marijuana underneath the store counter and then selling it to customers. Police arrested 34-year-old Nahib Ebotaha on Tuesday afternoon. He owns the Smokin' Mart on Dutchman's Lane in St. Matthews, where police say he was selling much more than just tobacco. We found um, what's referred to as, again, simulated marijuana. Police say they seized nearly 100 containers of suspected marijuana inside the shop. Detective Tony Ford calls the substance simulated marijuana, similar to K2 and other synthetic marijuana that has gained an increasing amount of attention recently. It's not technically pot, but its properties and effects are much the same. It's ingested by smoking, rolling like a joint, like a marijuana joint, smoking it. And police say until Tuesday you could purchase it right here. All you had to do was ask. They were under the counter in the rear of the counter where the clerk would stand when you walk in and would be greeted, they would be have to actually go under the counter where it's not in your view to, to sell it to you. According to the arrest slip, police also seized salvia brownies called lazy cakes, as well as bongs, pipes, and other <laughs> drug paraphernalia. St. Matthews police say this is one of the first cases they've worked involving simulated marijuana. It's uh, not only new to us, but uh, it's, uh, it's fairly new really to, uh, to the states in general. And they also say the scope of the problem could be much larger than anyone realizes. We don't know. We're just, I think we're just barely breaking the surface on this problem right now. In There's people smoking it everywhere in Looneyville. St. Matthews police say legislation enacted just in the last year has really enabled them to better attack this problem. 
of late. They also say that uh, substances that are not technically Probably. marijuana, but that closely mimic that <laughs> substance, can now pretty much be treated like the real thing. Live from the St. Matthews Police Department. I'm Steve Tellier, WLKY News. Well, you know, you so, know that, Steve, that's now the marijuana. That's that's known to be a gateway drug. Well, I mean, what, we let the stuff get through, and what's next? Nutmeg. Nutmeg. <laughs> Simulated. Come on, that's like a word you use for like when you fly fake airplanes. <laughs> Freaking, come on, man. Quit. Yeah. They make us sound even stupider. Like. Dude, like, yeah, we're we're from the south, but like, we don't have to like use use like words that are supposed to be like associated with like you know computers and television and stuff with with like <laughs> smokable products. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. About so, that. and then why they're they're arresting this guy too for for it's illegal in Kentucky? Oh, okay, the spice is illegal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even oh, though it's not spice, spice. <laughs> not, not only but synthetic marijuana this is, is simulated. Right, this yeah. isn't. No, it's different. It's different, guys. It's not really. spice. It's not K two. Sophisticated it's, when it's simulated. It's not synthetic. It's simulated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. East Coast. No, 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 no. We have. I just, no, we uh, Southwest no, Coast. Vegas. Southwest. Yeah. Oh, Southwest. Long Coast. Wrong coast. Southwest. What's going Vegas. On over there in Vegas. I'm not so sure. Something about uh, medical marijuana supporters wanting regulation, not federal intervention. We got a clip for this one, too. We got a clip. Protesters downtown joining a demonstration across several states calling for the end of federal enforcement of state medical marijuana laws. Fox 5's Diane Tu is on in our newsroom tonight with more on this. Yeah, Olivia, members of the group Americans for Safe Access protested on the streets today on what they are calling an unnecessary escalation of federal involvement in medical marijuana states. Regulate, not incarcerate. At least that's the message that these group of advocates are trying to get across. And that's why we want to have regulation. We want to work with the state government and law enforcement and others to make sure that there is quality regulation, that there, but still making sure that patients have that access to medication. In response to the DEA raids that have occurred recently where 15 people were charged for distributing marijuana, members of Americans for Safe Access says there is absolutely no need for federal agents to be enforcing local and state medical marijuana laws. We're not talking about just recreational use here. We're talking about people with cancer that are, are some of them are, are terminal at this point, and the state is requiring them, them to grow their own. They should just let this go. They should stop seizing people's property and stop arresting people. But some people say they believe it's the government's place to step in. I think it get in the wrong hands. I mean, especially if it's not supervised by you know law enforcement. I mean, you got to look out for the community. So I, I believe you know. The government should, you know, take part in it and make all make those decisions. Some advocates feel there is a definite solution to all of this. This is truly about patience. It, it, we and with regulation and solid regulation and working with the state, with federal enforcement, with local enforcement, we know we can come together for common sense solutions that will work across the board and be quality for the state, not just for Clark County, not just for Reno, but throughout the state. Now, medical marijuana patient advocates not only stage a rally right here in Las Vegas, but in Michigan as well. Reporting live in the newsroom, Diane, who is on Fox 5 News Local, Las Vegas. Mm. Standing up in Vegas. Standing up in Vegas. Don't even have medical marijuana laws in Vegas. Do they know? Mm. Or just Nevada? 
Nevada? Is yeah. Nevada medical? It is a medical state. It is. It is. Huh. It was almost a legal state a couple times. A free, yeah, three um, times maybe, right? Yeah, MPP is uh, not giving up on. Well, they they really kind of can't give up on them at this point. They've got so much invested in that effort. So hopefully that'll uh, take a turn. I mean, as as more seniors and more uh, people in general start, you know, changing their perspectives, we'll see. Yeah, I'm ready to get on to this. You got to be kidding me segment for the week because uh, <laughs> I'm interested in finding out exactly what this douchebag did. Cause um, yeah, I dubbed the D bag of the week, Iowa State <laughs> Representative Clell Balder, um, as reported in celebstoner.com. Uh, he flew over to California last May with the express purpose of obtaining a medical marijuana card uh, fraudulently. He's quote, "I want to break the law. I have a hate for illegal drug use," is what he said. Um, he claimed uh, in this fake attempt uh, t- that he suffered from depression and hemorrhoids, despite later admitting, I've never had an issue with depression, and I don't even know what hemorrhoids were. Um, he's a former state trooper. He pulled this stunt in an attempt, as he says, to show how asinine it would be to legalize medical marijuana. And uh, as we've reported on the program, uh, Iowa is, uh, has currently under, in efforts to reclassify marijuana in Iowa. Um, which would allow for medical usage. Um, Balder and his son, who lives in California, went to the Green Cure Distribution Center and the Inglewood Health Services Center in L.A. At the latter location, he's asked to fill out an application. He says, uh, and this is his words, um, I finished this document in under eight minutes, and the only things I lied about were hemorrhoids, depression, and I state that I did not have health insurance. Um, that's what he wrote in a newsletter to supporters in uh, last October. He said, next time I'm in California, I'm going to use my retired state patrol ID card, my Medicare card, and if anyone can think of something more stupid to claim than hemorrhoids, let me know. I'll do it again just to show that the quote-unquote fight for medical marijuana isn't for medical purpose at all. It's all about people just wanting to get high. Get their dope, damn it. Um, Iowa medical marijuana activists, although, are calling for Baldur's impeachment, and they're not taking this lightly. And you can check out the story on our website. There's a little picture of the gentleman there, and he's not exactly the picture of hope and, and, and positivity. Um, Dude, he's never not, even had hemorrhoids, and he's sitting there saying that hemorrhoids is a stupid reason to... Right. to Dude, if people have people that have hemorrhoids on the regular, uh, ouch, uh, 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 that would suck, mm-hmm. and maybe pot make them feel a little bit better. Maybe, uh, 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 dude's whack. Absolutely, sorry, I just had to interrupt well, with that. I'm sorry. Absolutely, no, that's relevant stuff. But uh, the the activists there are are calling for his impeachment. I think for good reason, and a lot of the representatives there are pretty freaked out about this as well you know um that one activist is quoted as saying he planned this crime which he did he, he knowingly intentionally premeditated uh, a fraudulent act that he knew was a crime and they, they they go on to say we can't have lawmakers sitting in this state house planning crimes it's a darn good point we'll see if anything uh what if anything happens to this guy but yeah he is certainly the douchebag of the week my gosh He's going to get hemorrhoids, telling you. That's bad karma, bro. Telling you. <laughs> we can you don't want nothing. <laughs> you don't want anything to do with that. That ain't good. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I, don't believe, uh, I don't believe we have a clip for the end of the show today, do we? No, no we don't have anything lined up. 
You don't? Well, then in that case, this will be our, our, our closing story here before we say goodbye to y'all. This is uh, in our activism spotlight today, a national call to action. We heard uh, from uh, the clip from uh, Vegas was sponsored by ASA, Americans for Safe Access. And they, this is one and the same, um, are calling a national call to action. There's an activist boot camp on February 19th to the 20th um, of this year, of course. Um, the national call to action is the nation's first medical cannabis virtual skill building conference. Um, and it goes on. It's got their pitch of why you should get involved. It tells all the details, but it's important to note here that uh, you can be a local host and you can also uh, inquire to ASA um, and get DVDs and workbooks um, that they'll send to you. So you don't have to, if you're not able to go, I believe this is in, so we're on the East Coast. So if that's a, you know impossible trip for you to make, you can check that out. And for more details on that, just check out our website. It'll give you the full rundown and all the links you need to figure out how to get involved with this. It looks like it might be a positive, beneficial thing. And it's a trend in these types of organizations. They're doing national uh, training for people, telling them how to advocate and how to be effective. So I like that trend. It's a positive thing. Yeah, we got another trend we're going to talk about. We are going to do a grow tip for the week, too. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah great. No, you want to get to this one, Matt. Uh, what does it mean when your stems are purple? Right, yeah. We actually uh, we have a listener who uh, sent this in. To us, we, we have a listener who sent this in, and uh, we have not gotten to it. Um, you, you, you put on here it could be genetics. It totally could be genetics. Some some strains are just prone towards having purple stems, purple purple leaves, purple flowers in general, uh, or or just the stems even. Um, but if you know you have a strain that that is not genetically inclined towards having purple stems, there's several other things it could be. Um, you put on here temperature. Uh, it did definitely uh, too cold, right? Is what is? Yeah, yeah that's, yep. It can bring and, out uh, too cold or just colder climate in general will bring out uh, uh, colors in in plants. Yep, and um, uh, that could be the air temperature. It could also be temperature at the root zone, um, and a temperature at the root zone could be caused by overwatering too. You could, if you're overwatering them, you could be bring, you could be, it could be too cold. And you could get end up with some with some purple stems as well, and then phosphorus deficiency. Um, Can, uh, before we do that, uh, uh, in with regards to uh, temperature in the root zone, especially um, if you have a concrete floor, uh, you don't want to have your 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 plants mm-hmm. right on top of that. You want to have some sort of uh, separation between between the floor and your your roots Although, something something yeah some, you know some some wood saucer. or yeah uh, a saucer Anything. i would get them off the ground more than just a saucer i would i would put some you know a piece of wood in, in between there yeah um, with concrete especially in places where you're going to get chilly night temperatures oh that's another thing speaking of when we're talking of temperature go in your grow room at night with a green light and check out what the temperatures are while it's flowering. Your humidity and your temperatures are probably not what you think they are during the nighttime. And it is important. So do check that out. And that could be one of the causes of the purple stems too. Um, but one of the things with the phosphorus deficiency, that's another possible reason. You're going you're gonna to see it, everything's going to look great apparently a lot of times when you have a phosphorus deficiency other than the purple stem part. So a lot of your vegetative growth is going to be very similar to how it would be even without the phosphorus deficiency. But the, the purple stem could be your sign there that you need to add a little bit of phosphorus somehow. Or that uh, you need to correct your pH. Which could be what's holding out the phosphorus as well. Yup. Got anything else on this one? 
Uh, no. All right. No, no. Well, let us know. Yeah, whoever, who was it? Do you know, know who it was that sent that in? Um, yeah, friend of the show. Okay, cool. Friend of the show sent that in. Friend of the show can let us know what they think of our response. No clip for today, huh? No clip for the end of the show, uh-uh. Excellent. Well, there you go, guys. Um, there's uh, one uh, version 2.0 of our uh, uh, <laughs> sl- slim down show. Went at it a little bit differently today. Let us know what you guys think. We're so so glad y'all are here. Um, please uh, follow alone. Follow along at uh, cannabisagenda.com. Send in your questions, criticisms, comments, scoops on stories that we're not covering um, to uh, info at cannabisagenda.com. Call us anytime, 707-654-CAN-C-A-N-N, which are the numbers 2266. Uh, check us out on iTunes where you can subscribe. Um, and please review us on there and also uh, follow, follow along on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, please, uh, if you're on Facebook, we really would appreciate it if you'd follow along and um, if you would suggest us to your friends. Mm-hmm. All right. There Absolutely. we go. And with that, is I'm that not number green. 48? 48 in the bag. Not Smoke green and Jamie Cass. <laughs> Peace and pot. Back next week. Take care, Peace guys. and snot. <laughs> oh, yuck. You've been listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. 